From the Communicator, I'm Ruby Taylor. I'm Paige Duff. This This is is On God. God. We're talking to teenagers about their views on God, higher powers, or a lack thereof. We hope to bring to light beliefs that fall both within and outside of religious boundaries and broaden the conversation. This is Zainab El-Koleli's Take on God. So, introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Zainab El-Koleli. I am 17 years old and I'm a senior at Washtenaw Technical Middle College. Do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Do you subscribe to any religion? I do, Islam. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So I was born Muslim. Um, I was born into two Muslim parents and I was kind of always raised in the culture and the belief system. But when I was 14, I really took a step back to evaluate uh, my beliefs because at that point I was being more exposed to the world, learning about the human atrocities um, committed in the name of religion. And I was like, okay, let's just do some evaluation and so i read the bible i read the torah looked into buddhism even then i reread the quran let's say god didn't even exist islam was the only abrahamic religion that did not have internal contradictions Mm. so i was like okay you know what it's legit and (laughs) and um the lifestyle is is impeccable it leads me to be um, a better person and treat others better like what inspired you to look so deep into religion at such a kind of young age yeah um because islam itself uh, a primary belief to be held is uh, there is no compulsion in religion mm-hmm. that's a verse that's specifically said in the quran so i was like you know what bye bye daddy oh bye bye mommy oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do my own thing <laughs> that lasted for two weeks when i was like what am i doing i'm a muslim <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents think when you kind of went through that like self-discovery period? it's a, it's an islamic mandate basically that you have to go through that self-discovery like passage? yeah because yeah. why would you why would you blindly follow something without mm-hmm. knowing that you truly want to do it mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. going to take away from the wholeness and the purity of it mm-hmm. do you feel um, like it gave you more insight or like it led to a better connection once you went through that period? better connection with what with just your religion yes absolutely because i am more confident in what i believe in when i defend my religion which is subject to a lot of scrutiny mm. um i do so wholeheartedly and without any faltering in confidence what kind of instances if you're comfortable talking about them have you had to or felt like you had to defend your religion <laughs> Um, I'm sure it's many. You want to yeah. talk about the, the allegation about intercourse with goats? Um, oh, God. Yeah, no. Let's Jesus. see. <laughs> There's the typical, um, my hijab is oppressive. Mm. Um, Muhammad was a pedophile. Um, ISIS is Islam, and we need to be um, condemning their actions. Uh, yeah, there, there's, a whole, there's a whole list that I can give you guys. You know that when somebody asks you for your favorite song and you forget every single song that you know? Yeah. yeah. This is how I'm feeling yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, No, I totally <laughs> understand that. Do you think that... I mean, I know we're in Ann Arbor, which mm. is generally considered a pretty progressive mm-hmm. community, but I think that there's definitely sort of an undercurrent of a lot of problematic beliefs that sort yes. of exist in Ann Arbor that aren't really confronted because we're seen as this sort of, like, progressive mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that makes it harder sometimes to defend... Your religion or like maybe it's harder to address things yes yes and no actually um i'm very glad that we're not like somewhere in grand rapids where people will outwardly give you weird looks or like reach out yeah. to take off your scarf it's happened Jeez. um wow. in ann arbor we have a more recurring issue of white liberalism like you said Paige, the white savior complex they're like take off your hijab it's oppressing you mm-hmm. no what's happening is you're oppressing me by dictating to me what i should be wearing that's definitely an underlying issue um we've definitely got that white savior complex going on um and we think we're so woke 
that <laughs> when there actually is an issue mm. pertaining to bigotry, we don't address it pr- properly. So how do you try and fight that? Oh, I, I tell it straight up to white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not afraid to call people out with their privilege. And if somebody is a good white person, quote unquote, they're not going to care. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm privileged. Mm. That's cool. Let's see how to use that privilege for good. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I work to combat it. It's just having one-on-one conversations and explaining to people that this is the misconception. I understand why you would believe it, mm. but it's wrong. Mm. And when people see the evidence and still want to argue and be narrow-minded, then I'm like, you know what? I don't have the energy for this. Bye, Karen. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, do you feel like you're put in maybe a position to have to try to like change people's perceptions? Like mm-hmm. That must be mm-hmm. difficult considering the narrative that it like you mentioned people thinking that because you wear hijab you're oppressed and i think there's a lot of problematic views about how women maybe aren't necessarily like valued or or Mm -hmm. appreciated or treated as equal in islam and so i think like i just wonder how do you feel about that well as you know i'm a big supporter of women's rights Mm -hmm. and uh, islam gave women right to vote the right to own property um the right to keep her own last name 1400 years before the West did. That's so awesome. Um, you believe that I did not know that? Me yeah. neither. I have no idea. Yeah, it was in the Quran. It's It specifically outlines how a woman is to receive inheritance, how she's supposed to inherit property, how she's supposed to purchase her own property. Islam is not just a theological book. It's an outline mm. for how to live your life. In the Middle East, as we call it, I prefer to call it the Arab world, uh, before about 600, women were treated abysmally. In mm. fact, when people would give birth to girls, they would bury them alive because they look down upon women so much and so islam came along and it enforced women's rights it said what you're doing is not okay and it elevated women actually um in fact there's a saying that heaven is under your mother's feet if you treat your mother um with kindness and respect then you are granted heaven and that's uh, another big reason why i subscribe to it so um wholeheartedly because the politics of it um the judiciary structure of it and the personal lifestyle all um, connect. They're mm. all consistent, and they're all better for just being a good person, as we define that. Mm-hmm. We still have a culture there that is misogynistic, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that the religion, which was made to combat it, mm. is misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I wear hijab is for combating misogyny it's to remove emphasis from my physical appearance because in this day and age a woman's uh, worth is judged by her sex appeal mm. um and so basically i'm like uh, 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 focus on my brain you can't see anything um and so people are really forced to uh, listen to what i have to say rather than just staring at my enormous amounts of beauty <laughs> I wonder how it would feel to like, feel some sort of responsibility, like it's your job to be educating people. Uh, yeah. It, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Mm. On one hand, I'm, I would rather people ask me than go to Google and get <laughs> not necessarily accurate information. Yeah. On the other hand, it, it does get quite tiring to have to explain myself to people. Like, sure. There's a difference between people genuinely asking and wanting to know. Like I'm 100% happy with that. And people putting me in a spot to justify my very lifestyle and existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, educating people is worth it. It's yeah. worth the price I have to pay. If I'm a little tired at the end of the day, it's okay. It's it's going to be worth it in the long run. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty amazing of you. Like, I'll just seriously, say that. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine being oh, in that position. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This would uh, sort of translate to, um, well, do you guys know what your head is? Mm-mm. Okay, what do you think it is? 
No idea. What do you think the media says it is? Probably, Probably something, something bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the media um, associates jihad with Allahu Akbar and terrorism. First of all, Allahu Akbar simply means God is greater. Um, second of all, jihad means struggle for the sake of God. So in Islam, life is considered a test. And you acquire good deeds and bad deeds. And as long as something is not a bad deed, like lying, um, cheating, stealing, murdering, everything you do is a good deed. Wow. Me talking to you and um, about my lifestyle and what I believe is considered a good deed. Me smiling to somebody in the street is considered a good deed. Um, when I have to struggle to uh, explain myself to bigots and to um, educate them, hopefully, it's, it is my struggle for the sake of God. And it's mm. all worth it. Mm-hmm. And... What I've learned is actions definitely speak louder than words. When I do something nice or I am simply a nice person in front of people, that conveys a better image of Islam than anything I could ever say. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are an essentialized group, so anything that I do reflects upon the rest of the group. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. So if I do something bad, it reflects poorly upon Muslims. If I do something good, it will reflect well among Muslims. Um, and it, it, the system itself is still not ideal. Yeah. I want to be an individual person. Yeah. But I do like to explain to people that the reason why I try to be a good person is for the sake of my faith. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, like, do you feel like it just inspires you to do good? Or does it? do you feel like it puts like an unnecessary pressure on you that you don't like, really totally deserve? Oh, it deserve. absolutely inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, usually when I'm asked, why do you get so involved in activism? I say, because my religion commands me to. Mm. Um, can, I say, can I state a, a, a quote? Go Certainly. For okay. Go for it. Um, when you see an injustice, you should do three things. And this was um, said by our prophet, peace be upon him. Um, you should try to correct it with your hand. Do it physically. In this case, it would be protesting, rallying, calling. If you see an injustice and you can't do it physically, you have to change it um, with your tongue. So you have to talk. And if you can't do that, if you're in an extremely oppressed position, then you have to know that it's wrong in your heart. And in Islam, intentions are everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. despite your actions, if you have the correct intention, you are considered doing a good deed. Mm. Um, so yeah, I am absolutely happy to do what I do. Yeah. That's very, I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Thank Super, you. yeah. What else was I going to say? Oh yeah, I have a little announcement to make. Mm. So I got a call from Zachary Ackerman. Uh, last Friday, Whoa. and I had applied to be part of the Police Oversight Commission as mm. a voting youth member, and on March 4th, they're putting my name on the table and voting <gasps> yes or no for me! Yay! That so That's awesome! Cool. Let's That's just hope they don't so vote no. Cool. Oh, that is awesome. That's sick. I think you're doing that. Good yeah. for you. I've been trying to stay low-key about it. Um, kind of wanted to surprise people, but you know. Oh, That's awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's, so That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, um, my plan is, like, maybe serve in a commission for three years and then run for city council when I can because we have a lot of issues to fix. We really do. That was Zainab Elkoleli's Take on God. Be sure to check out chscommunicator.com for our next episode. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. With The Communicator, I'm Ruby Taylor. I'm Paige Duff. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.